Hey everybody, welcome to this month's Metal Misconduct. I'm Brian Slagle, as always, from Metal Blade Records. Hope you guys all had a great holiday and a safe and happy New Year's and all that good stuff. And as always, we're joined by my good friend in person, Mr. Sean Rourke. From we're, making this, we're making this almost a regular occurrence NH now in from person. NHL.com, and we are here in the NHL headquarters. Beautiful downtown yes. Manhattan, where as we're recording this, it's like 75 degrees outside or something ridiculous. The earth is ending, according to most of the people in New York. Yeah. Don't be nice and warm in December. We can't we can't handle that. I'll take it, though. Yeah, Brian doesn't understand coming from California. It might be warmer here today. It is than warmer it is here today home. than it is back in, Cal in California. That's crazy. So we are uh, very honored to be joined this month by Mr. Well, let's see if I can get all this stuff right. Uh, author. Comedian, radio show host. Mm -hmm. uh, did I miss anything? Uh, musician. Musician, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Uh, man song. about town. Song and dance man. Song and dance man. Mr. <laughs> Dave. Fashion icon. Fashion yes. icon. Yeah. All right, Mr. Dave Hill. How are you, sir? Great. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm so, I'm really excited. So we're gonna we're gonna get your metal credibility right out of the way. Yeah. First off, Dave works. And has worked a lot with Mr. Phil Anselmo. Yes. So tell us about that. That's uh, got to be interesting. He's an interesting dude. He is. He's a, he's a delightful man. Uh, <laughs> he. Excuse me. I need more water. Um, he. I met him a few years ago. I actually met him years ago. Uh, I went to see Pantera, and met him then. Though that was a long, long time ago, and uh, he doesn't remember that. I wouldn't expect him to, but. I'm uh, my buddy Chris Lee is married to Sean Salt from White Zombie, and they split time between New York and New Orleans, and they started coming to my comedy shows, and uh, you know we became closer friends. And then Chris and I were, you know, I guess they had been showing Phil. I do stuff for Metal Injection where I just insult bands and <laughs> get their viewers mad at me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and. Um, and so they were showing that to Phil, and he was into it. And then Chris and I were like, why don't we make a web series where Phil schools me on metal? And so uh, we originally sold it to adultswim.com, and they, they paid for all these web series and then scrapped all of them and gave us the footage back. We ended up just releasing and editing it ourselves. But uh, it was super fun. I stayed... Uh, at his metal, he pretty much has like. Have you been to his? It's like the metal Graceland or something. <clears throat> I've only, <clears throat> strangely enough, I've only met Phil twice, and oh. both of those times were maybe one sentence conversations about Ghost. Oh, and that's, that's the extent a good of it. Conversation, <clears throat> but it was basically like you know. I, I think the last time I talked to him, it was at the the Golden God Awards. Oh yeah. When the second Ghost record came out, <clears throat> and I said, "How do you like the the second the new Ghost record?" He goes, "Remains to be seen," and walked away. Like, all right. Interesting. And I hung with the Pantera guys a million times. Mm -hmm. Never once saw Phil. That kind of makes sense. That, so yeah, if he you was kind of not around. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway. but yeah. So we did that. We I went down there and we uh we shot that a cup. We shot it like a couple years ago by now. Well, first I went to his house for a barbecue. I think Chris and Sean wanted to see if we would get along or you know. Or he would kill me or something. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a unique uh, character, so yes. He would, he's, but the funny thing about it is he's like, uh, he's a, he goofs around, j jokes around and goofs around like more 
than I do, definitely. Like, I'm far more serious than he is. Like, if you were to, you know, amount of time of, like, he's hilarious and a goofball and a sweetheart. And uh, I think people expect him to be, you know, just, like, super intense. Like, I mean, I think you see his sense of humor more and more on stage now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. But if people are just going <clears throat> by what they saw, you know, Pantera and in those interviews, maybe they think he's just going to be, like super intense serious guy but he's uh he's a super uh sweet night like always one of the nicest guys i've ever known that's like carrie king who's a really good friend of mine too like mm-hmm. he there he was afraid of him and looks like same he's same thing like like mm-hmm. phil he's like the most normal guy when yeah. you just hang out with him you know yeah totally he's kind of like just making sure everyone's having a good time and <laughs> enjoying themselves so uh but yeah since you know we've we've uh you know, hopefully we'll do more Metal Grasshopper or some ridiculous type thing together. And he calls in on my radio show on WFMU from time to time. And uh, and uh, he's been nice enough to let me come out and play with his various bands. I've been jammed with Down a couple times, Superjoint a bunch of times by now, and uh, The Illegals. And nice. So he's... he's uh, and... He got me at, at the most recent um, Housecore Horror Film Festival in San Antonio, which was, I think, what was it, like three weeks ago? Four yep, weeks ago? yep. It was right before King Diamond came here. <coughs> so, you know Thor from... Of course. Uh, uh, the, do you know Thor? No. Um, oh, wow. He's, he's this, he was a bodybuilder, and then from there, I guess he went in the 70s. First, he was more like a glam, to, like 70s glam type, uh, you know... Slade type glam and then he went more like metal and was just this ripped but now he's like 60 years old and he there's a documentary out about him called I Am Thor and uh so Phil emails me a few weeks before the festival and he's like I know we joke around a lot because we're just like sending each other stupid emails all day long and and he's like, I know, I know we joke around a lot, but this is, I'm going to ask you a very serious question. I need just a serious answer. Will you play guitar with Thor? <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. So I uh, learned a bunch of songs, and originally it was going to be me and uh, Johnny Kelly from Danzig and Typo Negative, and then his wife needed surgery, and he couldn't do it. And then so Jimmy Bauer and Blue Gonzalez, Jimmy plays drums and down guitar and Superjoint and I got and, and Blue plays in Superjoint and the Illegals they, they switched off drums and then Scott Shelby from Warbeast to Thrash Band from Dallas that's with Bruce from Rigor Mortis uh, so you probably know you know all this oh yeah but anyway he, he played bass and uh, he gave me you know all his uh, he gave me some leather spiked cuffs and <laughs> I'll sh- I have pictures I don't know if you saw any but I'll, I'll pull one out. <clears throat> won't work reference. too well on the podcast or the radio. It network. won't, but I feel like but I'll uh, describe you it can you. just you can be the eyes of the, the listener. This is a just a quick. <laughs> I think I did see this on social media. Yeah, I yeah. think if you go to one of Dave's uh, many social media pages, you can yeah, you can dig Mr. That Dave out. Hill, Mr. Dave Hill on Instagram. But uh, well, so they, anyway, so they gave me. Uh, Everyone, he looks very metal there. Very metal. I mean, metal like you know, I'm my eighties metal from the neck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the hair Judas totally Priest wrong. Metal. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
And then Phil and his girlfriend, Kate Richardson, uh, pulled my pants off during the show and fitted me with a loincloth, which I don't have pictures of. That's okay. But there are videos out there of it. Anyway, <laughs> so that was a, a blast, and I got to live. And it, uh, it was such a fun uh, show, because everyone, you know, it was like, speaking of movies, it was, you know, Thor's like... 60 years old now and we walked over from the hotel and he's dragging his suitcase and we go into the club and there's no one there and it was like looking to be a looking like it was going to be a sad show spinal tap moment yeah and it was just like oh man you like wanted this to be a big fun show and then we went and changed and uh i got all leathered and spiked out and scott loaned me one of his dean guitars which i need to get one of and uh and we came out and the place was packed and everyone you know, guys from I Hate God and Crowbar and, like, every every band that was in town, you know, COC, everyone came out to the show, and it was super fun. Nice. So, uh, it was a good time. Hopefully we'll do it again. Anyway, that was my super long answer. That's, no, that's awesome. <laughs> For how I know Phil. <laughs> that's what we like. <laughs> Heavy metal. It's all good. And so that that show now, the Metal Grasshopper, is online, or? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, there's six episodes and uh, we rented a goat I burnt uh, a pentagram on Phil's front lawn and this is what uh, I was hoping you were going to say you burnt a goat I would, no I would never, no goats harmed okay, good. In, uh, good but just the where fact do you go about renting a goat I'm asking for was, a friend <laughs> well yeah that's it the, here's how they get you though the thing with the goat it's not that expensive to rent a goat it was like 50 bucks to rent the goat the goat handler costs like two fifty. Nah, so they get you with the handler. They're like, "Oh, goat, yeah, bring him on over." And then the the goat the wrangler, that was like that's where they really got us. But we rented a goat, uh, and the best is like when we shot it. You know, the adult swim guys shot it with us, and you know they were like, "Well, we can just do a, a burning pentagram on the front lawn in like." in post, you know, and Phil and and his girlfriend, fiance Kate, were like, no, do it for real, make it real, like, <laughs> which I, I think is just the sweetest thing, so we, <laughs> we, we like, we made this big-ass pentagram and set it on fire on their front lawn for, like, an afternoon, and um, that was just part of the fun. So, by the way, somebody at some point has to name a band Goat Wrangler. <laughs> That's a really that I'm, I might have to claim that. But please do. I, if I can't play it, because there's been so many. You know, there's Goat Snake, there's Goat, goat Whore, Whore, Goat Wrangler. No, no Goat Wrangler. That goes straight to the top. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the most politically correct of them all. Like you could say it in mixed company. You don't have to worry. Yeah, about no one's it. Like when you're that. in the office or anything, you know. You yeah. Can, you could just say, hey, I'm going to see Goat Wrangler. You're good with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, our good friend uh, Mike McKenna, who's a goaltender in the Florida Panthers organization, plays for the Portland Pirates right now. He's a huge Goat Whore fan, but he has to be very careful where he mentions that on his social media. He can't really wear Goat Whore t-shirts to the rink for the games and whatnot. So it's, you know. Yeah, it's a tricky. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's careful. He's got to be very careful about those things. I had, well, this is a long story, but I have a fictitious black metal band called Witch Taint, which is the maybe better than Goat Wrangler. Yes. So Goat Wrangler is the second best, I think. But uh, Well, this is a different style of music, so you're good. It's yeah, it's a side project. It's not quite as black as... Yeah, exactly. Goat Wrangler is my money grab 
from. Yes, like, yes. <laughs> but uh, I had a hoodie made. Uh, oh, I've since had a lot, made a lot of hoodies, but that says witch taint, but witch on one side, taint on the other. And I always was conscious to not zip it all the way up when I was visiting my parents. Yeah. You know, my nice Catholic parents. It's and still... one day I zipped it up and mom was like, witch taint? What is that? I don't think she knew what a taint was. That's so good. So it's probably safe, but she knew something wasn't good. But this... Yeah, she was like, I know it's not good, but I don't know how. <laughs> well, it's, it, that's a very, very good name, but, but still the greatest name of all time. This was an actual real band... In I want to say 1980, 80 or 81, something like that. Satan's Penis, best band name that's of all time. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't think anybody could There's, tell that. That's pretty good. So what's the, How did they not make it big? Uh, yeah, you think right? Satan, especially penis. in 1981, where you know. <clears throat> yeah, well, they put out one single, by the way, or maybe just even it a was demo. Hot. Might have just been a demo. I they got it right. That it was one. like folk, right? It was like folk metal. Oh no! It was, it was oh, yeah. traditional, <laughs> traditional. Maybe a little. I think it was a little venomy. Maybe. Something oh, like that's that. well. They're, all, they're starting sense. in a good place. What's this? Do you like? Uh, have you heard Satan Satyrs? No. Satan um, Satyrs. They're kind of a doomy band, but they're I would pretty hope so. good. I heard them a little bit. Yeah, they they have a hot sound. They're no Satan's hot penis, sound. but. Uh, they're good. But they're lacking in their name they're making up for in their music. Yeah, the first part of their name's really good. And then the second part is You know, now good. Satan's penis really isn't as controversial as it would, would be back then. Yeah, you could actually play it on a radio station. Yeah, you'd, it would have to be like Satan's... Do we have to sense Satan's? Yeah, only, unfortunately on this, only because of okay. one of our partners on the internet doesn't like us to curse. I mean, I, I don't think Okay, cares, so I so. won't suggest... the what they would need to call there themselves. We'll, we'll do it at the very end of the show. We can <laughs> cut that off from the internet people and we can put it on the actual okay. podcast. So now, unbeknownst to me, <clears throat> I knew about your metal connections, obviously, your, you know, the, all your books, stand-up comedy, but apparently you're a big hockey fan, too. Yes, I'm quarter Canadian. Let's get that out of the so way. You're already, so it's already ingrained it's in It's in my blood. Which like province? You Ontario. Uh, like Clinton, Ontario. I believe. All right, you got to further document your um, hockeyness by. Are there different provinces that aren't? No, no, that's just different hockey, right? Like if you're if you're out west, it's mostly Western Hockey League, and you like a certain kind of hockey. If you're in Quebec, you like a different kind of hockey. Is it, does it if mean you're, you're less of a hockey no, no, fan? No, no, it's just different. It's, it's different. Yeah, it couldn't uh, be. Like you if know. you're from the Maritimes, you know, you're probably Moose more likely Shaw, to be Saskatchewan. like. Uh, a fan of uh, American team as you are to be a fan of. A well, I know all you true. NHL people are all uh, Ontario is is the spot. And nothing else really matters. I now you can't say that. I, I can't. I wouldn't throw it that way. I'm a big fan of the Western, <coughs> the Western teams and the Western style. So the the Western Hockey League, man, that's where it's at. All right, so from Ontario, so that's yeah, makes you a. I grew up on a farm. Doesn't make you a Leafs fan, does it? Or I guess it kind of does, doesn't it? Well. Here's where it gets com. I'm I'm a huge uh, original six fan. Like I still view the Devils as an expansion team. I mean, Which, and the are. original six isn't really the original six. It's no, there was like what there was ori- other ones before that. But yeah, but we do say that that, that term kind of drives me nuts. But it, well, sorry, sorry. Okay. I like. I mean, it's just the more the, the, the when you get into like Florida and all that, I start to like. Am I really watching 
NHL. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, it's like old school of any musical genre compared to new school. Like, there's room for all those bands, but like old school hardcore is different than what we have now, even with the old school bands practicing it. Like, it's advanced. It's the same thing with hockey. Yeah, like, but well, there's that base, and now there's more. But I'm the same way to, to draw the parallels. I'm the same way with metal. Like, if you don't. I can't hear any Sabbath in there anywhere. I'm probably not going to be into it. And I know that makes me close-minded. There has to be some, you know... So do you only watch original 16s? Like no, the, no, no. If the Bruins are playing, the Panthers, you'll just won't I'll watch, watch it? I'll watch. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I'll watch. I mean, I'm, I'm a lover of the game, so I'll watch uh, if, you know, if there's some, like, great, weirdly some... You know, junior hockey game on. I'll watch that. Uh, good, that's good. I like so, that. Uh, <clears throat> now, this is how I grade East Coast hockey fans to being real hockey fans or not. Most of them do not ever pass this test. But do you? Will you on more than let's say at least once a week watch a ten thirty p.m. hockey game? NHL. Will I? Yes. Yeah. Why okay. not? Okay. I mean, did I pass or did I not? Pass? That's good. No, that's good. Because a lot of people out right here answer. have no idea. Like, there's a team in LA. Like, I know now. No, this is. Speaking of which, you'll be happy to hear this. Obviously, this will be dated when when it goes live. But this is today. The Kings are out east, and uh, Drew Doughty went off today about how he's criminally ignored, never considered for the uh, for the Norris. And He's maybe, right. Maybe fans and media out east should watch some of his games. But, like, something that almost never happens in our league and something that I would never, ever expect from Drew, like, he pretty much had it today and said, hey, maybe you should watch and you can see how good I am. Well, yeah, well, I think it all kind of stems from a couple of weeks ago, Don Cherry said that because uh, there was a Kings-Blackhawks game that I was actually at in person. And it was a gr- phenomenal game, probably the, one of the best games well, of the year. Well, they played the best so, games. Yes, so Cherry was like, they need to make all those games at 7.30 Eastern time so that, uh, so that we on the East can watch it. It's like, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think people are going to show up to a game in LA at 4.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But I think I people mean, most, said that, but, but people else. like him won't, you know, these games at 10.30, they never watch. So he's, he's right. I oh, I know, it. but he's not the guy you would expect to say, hey, pay attention. Like, he just goes about his business. And that's not what you know. That's not the way that hockey does their business for the most sure. part, except for a few guys. And he's not in that group most of the time. He just kind of quietly goes about what he does and takes everything. But I think he's had enough of being criminally ignored. And and said, and the best part was not that he said that, but then he said, now I'm out east. Now I'll show everybody yeah. what they're missing. Well, and especially now, because I mean, the Kings realistically have three good defensemen, three and a half maybe. <laughs> so he's... He's ch- 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 the brunt of the whole workload is on him yeah. now. So I mean, yeah, I mean, he, as far as I'm concerned, he's probably by far the best of, of any defenseman this year. So, but, yeah. just I'm a little West Coast bias. So throw him to the Lady Bing or something, just something. You probably I can something. see you'd have to qualify for that, right? We could. Uh, Do they still have that one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have to have like no penalty minutes or that's something. not that's not a fun award. No, you don't want to win that award. You, no, that's, that's one you don't want to win. But sometimes they'll give it to, like, they used to give it to, like, Marcel Dion would get it. Same thing, Marcel Dion, amazing player on the West Coast, never got any any accolades or anything. But they give him the Lady Bing. We'll just give him that one. Yeah, just something for the mantle. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, just so we know that you, you, you are trophy. part of the NHL. It is. It's it's the one like this. Well, the yeah. listener can't see, but it's, it's a big. I would like to put that on, you know, yeah, centerpiece awesome. <laughs> at 
Thanksgiving or something. Throw the Lady Bing there you go. on the table. And Marcel Dion's in the news, too. Our our metal friend, Yarmir Yager. Just passed just, him. Just uh, tied him. He's got to pass him. He'll pass Whoa. him most likely before we talk, before we're heard over the airwaves. <clears throat> Do you know if Yager did not go to Russia for those three years? More yeah. than likely, he would be past everybody except for Gretzky. Yeah, it's on uh, He's a national treasure, that yeah. young man. And he's still young. Good play. He's like Brady. He's younger than I am. Play for another six years. <laughs> he said he wants to play till he's fifty. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able I to know, do it. I don't know. He's yeah. one of those guys. You wonder if it, you know, there's anything else there for him. No matter how much money he makes, no matter how much stuff he has, he's having like, fun he down loves in Florida. The game and there's there's nothing he wants to do more than that. Well, look. I mean, look at where he's playing in Florida with a bunch of young kids who are fun to play with. He's living in Miami, which is an amazing place to live. And there's nobody cares about the team really there, so he's got no pressure from any sort of media thing. So it's kind of the perfect it, place to go hang they, out and play hockey. I shouldn't say this, but that team's not going to be around that much longer, are they? Well, I mean, that's a very good question. I, You're probably – I mean, my, I, Sean can't talk about any of these things. I know. I, I realize you got to be politically correct. But I think what's going – my opinion of what's going to happen, and Sean can chime in on any of this, so two expansion teams that – Vegas and Quebec City now. Originally, it was going to be Vegas and Seattle. Cleveland. That's what we need. Cleveland. The Lumberjacks, baby. Bring the, the Crusaders <clears throat> back. The Crusaders. That would be good. Bam. So, Seattle was supposed to have a team, but they, much like Los Angeles in terms of the NFL, can't, can't decide where they're going to build an arena. So, they have two competing people arguing about it. So, at some point, they're going to build an arena there. <clears throat> Clearly not in the time frame of expansion, which the NHL wants sooner than later, apparently. Uh, so anyway, so Vegas and Quebec City seem like they'll be the next two teams to join, which then would make it 17 teams in the East, 15 teams in the West. So how do you make a solution there? At some point, Florida's probably going to have to move to Seattle. Uh, that would be good. Once they build an arena there. That's my theory. We'll, we'll see. Although I will say that the NHL, especially Batman, really has been pretty vocal about not ever moving teams. I mean, he's kept... Phoenix, I mean, by some miracle in Phoenix all these all these years. That I think is gonna finally turn a corner once they get to downtown Phoenix. But I know what they're gonna do out there in in Miami. It's just the problem is it's in Miami. There's so many things to do there and the arena's a little bit far from yeah. everything. Well, too. I mean the one thing that's in their favor now is they just got the they just got the help from the county and everything else. Yeah. The East was redone, it makes them makes it much more amenable for them to be out there and to handle things. So you know, I, I mean, people have speculated for years on where teams are going and, and when they're going there, and the only one that it's ever happened to Atlanta uh, for as long as I've been involved in the NHL is Atlanta. Well, but you but before that, you had Winnipeg went to Phoenix and Minnesota went to Dallas. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does. And those are good hockey markets. I think they were just burdened by the Canadian dollar and some yeah, other and things. Quebec went to Colorado. Colorado, yeah. I think the problem, though, with Florida is just, the, I mean, nobody goes to those games. I have friends that live down there. Yeah, it's we're gonna, well, we'll have, at some point, either in the next couple of months, we'll have the radio play-by-play of a guy for the Panthers on this podcast because he's a big metal dude. Yeah, nice. Uh, so and, we'll ask him Matt, some questions. Matt lives down there. He lives in uh, not too far from there, Matt DeVries. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. And uh, he goes to the game regularly. Drew always hooks him up. Yep. When, we, we, when Winnipeg's in town, when Buffalo used to be in town. Yep. Um, so, but, they look, it's like anything else. they got to win. Like, people, I know, because I lived through it, people used to not go to Patriot games. Now they play someplace in 
someplace else and it's well, half same thing, same thing with the Blackhawks where so I mean ten, you, you 15 gotta, years ago win. nobody went to Blackhawks games either like, now when, crazy. when Florida went on their run and everything that building was full when they were throwing the rats on the ice and you know Dave Lowry and all those guys that were going at it. Well, it's in downtown Miami. I don't know if it's been too full since they moved because I've been to it. They haven't games won much there. since they moved. That's true. So you got to win, and that's what's going to put seats in the like. Same thing with Arizona when they played when they were Phoenix and they played the Kings a couple of years ago in the Western Conference Final. That building was rocking, man. Like people will support a winner, and and I think if you win regularly, they'll support it long term. It's not a one-off situation. Sure, that's yeah, true. So, look at what you started there. I know. It's a... Well, I, and then I didn't want to derail it by bringing up Columbus, like how Columbus has it. No, I just think Cleveland over Columbus. Come on. Well, you had your chance. Cleveland had their chance, and they let it's it the go curse. to Columbus. They let it go you to know Columbus. What, you know what part of that was, too? And Because I had to do a story on it last year because Columbus had the All-Star game. Was the infrastructure was there from when the Columbus Chill mm-hmm. moved in. And they played in the ECHL and the AHL, and they were trying to figure out how they could make that stick. And they built all those rinks. There's chill zones everywhere. There's one in Dublin. There's one downtown. And they built this infrastructure that they built hockey is fever. so much better to support a team than what there is in Cleveland, yeah. which is where it originally came from. Mike Rupp grew up right outside of Cleveland, used to go to the Lumberjack games, used to play with those guys mm-hmm. and all that, but there was no... There was no infrastructure then, and now there's this huge infrastructure, but it's all settled around Columbus more than it is around Cleveland. Yeah. And they're so close together, you can't, you know what I mean? You're, you'd be cannibalizing yeah. yourself. Well, two and a half, it's a world away. Couldn't be more different, those two cities, <laughs> Cleveland and Columbus. That's very true. Here's an idea. Cleveland, the Cleveland King Diamonds. There you go. Well, you know what you could do if if you can get LeBron James on board, he just signed. Like, <laughs> he's got enough money to buy fifteen NHL franchises if he wanted to. So. so wait. So if you had the Cleveland King Diamonds, would you make the players wear face paint? No, you just put. Uh, I would say original merciful fate era King Diamond makeup. That's the logo. I feel like Gene Simmons has still had never had an argument. The old oh no! Exactly. He he lost that argument. Ridiculous. So. Uh, and you, yeah, you just have King Diamond. You have King Diamond come out to a couple games a year just to keep uh, people guessing. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's at every game as Kim Bendix Peterson. <clears throat> I'm in. We just got to find somebody with a billion dollars that can start up a franchise there. Like yeah. I said, LeBron's that's he's pocket change for LeBron. Now does he go to uh, stars? Yeah. Yeah. Not often, but he'll go. Nice. And Vinny Paul's a big. Uh, Vinny Paul's are huge. Stars, yeah. Man. Well, they uh, when uh, when Dimebag rests in peace was still alive. They did the Stars theme songs. They still play when they come out onto the ice in Dallas. Wow. And when they won the cup uh, against Buffalo. Yeah, they had, a, they had a big party at Diamond big, Vinny's house. Yeah, legendary. But at uh, their house or there's at their house. Vinny's, uh, at the they had a, Diamond and Vinny had a house in Dallas together. Their own. T- their they own live house. together. Yeah. Oh, so that crazy house, because I've seen tours of, yeah, that's, of that's their it's house. all the same house. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was two different houses. No, it's oh. a big complex, but oh, okay. it's all in the same spot. Interesting. Yeah, and then the next year when they played the Devils, I covered that final and uh, saw Vinny 
like in the hallway, but I was on deadline. Like I had to run and get a quote and do something else. And like I actually stopped dead for like three seconds. You had a tough choice. The, the, the devil on one shoulder yeah. and the angel on the other shoulder. One saying, "You have a job. You need to do your job." <laughs> the other one said, "Dude, it's Vinny. Go talk to him." And the angel went out. And um, <clears throat> well, our good friend Mike Bolt, the keeper of the cup. There's two keepers of the cup just for you guys out there. Mike Bolt being the guy that does the heavy lifting. He's he's the one that takes it all over the world. Who's a friend of ours. <clears throat> anyway, he basically has a job pretty much because of that party at uh, the because they didn't used to have like a, a guy with the cup all the time until Is he they the had guy that with party. The gloves and the there's he's two the guys. guy that's he's not the guy that's on TV with the feathered hair and the, that wears the gloves and the makeup and all that's that. That's Phil Pritchard, who that's also Phil Pritchard. is a music guy and he's oh. into some metal. But Mike Bolt, the guy who he's the one that travels all over the world with a cup. He's like the oh. tour manager. Yeah, when it goes and, and to Phil's like the manager, manager. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and Mike's the tour man. He's in the trenches. Yeah, it's like when the cup goes to Slovenia with Anze Kalpatar, Mike Bolt is with the, with wow. the cup there. So great guy. But yeah, it was before they wouldn't, they didn't have somebody like that. So they just give the players the cup and they threw it out of the second story window into the pool. Now there was some sort of rumor that it <laughs> dented the cup. But it's since uh, Rita, uh, who's our good friend of mine, who's Stein's wife, mm-hmm. uh, told me one night, ruining my all all of this incredible legend, that yes, they did throw it out of the second story window into the pool, but it did not dent it. There was some other thing that happened. Bad. Dented. I was. I was like, don't tell me that. Well, there's no. There has to be. I, I can't remember the story, but there was some. Wasn't it found in the street once? Like, yeah, yeah. Way back in the day, <laughs> Montreal, they got a flat tire, they were in a car, they, it was in the trunk, they took it out to fix the flat, and then they left it there. <laughs> um, I mean, there's uh, Kevin Allen wrote a book, Kevin Allen writes Hockey for USA Today, he wrote a book about all the stories, of the, It's called, I think it's called If the Cup Could Talk, and it's about all those stories. You know, when the Rangers won it here in 94, it, it was complete mayhem. Um, but... They didn't used to give the cup to the players uh, back in the day. Like, you just wanted, you had it that night, and then they took it back, and that was it. Now, I mean, it is a summer-long, well-planned-out festival. Some guys get it for two days. Some guys get it for one day. Mm-hmm. If two minor guys are next to each other, they might split a day in it. Um, but it, it's much more organized and much more out front now than it was before. Um, I mean, Nick Kiprios, when he was here, he had the horse eat out of it because he was a big horse racing guy, so he brought it um, they're, to they're Aqueduct and had his horse eat out of the top of it. Like, oh, <laughs> people have had their baby sit in it, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Probably horrifying things we don't even want to know yes. about. Well, they have, there has been that, but but now you <laughs> there's limits to what you... Now that, that it, you have a handler there. So you're under... There's this, limits uh, there. Yeah, I was asking Mike about that. He goes, yeah, there are there's some things you cannot do with a cup now. That Anything you, that would put it in harm will be... Or or, or disgraceful things yeah, give, cup, Give so. it psychological problems if it had that capacity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is apparently what, what happens these days. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, but that's why he has a job now, because of that famous that's a Pantera cool party. Well, there were other parties, too. I mean, like I said, there were a number of, but that is one of the legendary ones. I mean, that was an unbelievable scene in, in, in uh, like, that whole cup because it was it was the first one down there, and, you know, it kind of really put, like, hockey was good there, but when that, when that team was great, when the Stars went to the back-to-back cups, I mean, that really, 
in the old arena. But so you're talking about things that Dave doesn't care about because it's not original six teams. No, so I, I clearly don't mind. I'm just saying, I, like, we've offended you now. I'm no, so, no, I'm so no. Because here's the thing: I I live here in New York, so the Rangers are my team. They were original six. So if they're playing another original six team, I'll be a little more psyched than if they're playing any other team. Now, do you like all original six teams as well? Or I, are there no. some you don't like? Uh, I mean, I like New York. I, and then Montreal. I really like them. Okay. Um, so if Montreal's playing Boston, you would be yeah, favorite to Montreal. Yeah, I can make decisions okay. on this. Okay, um, good. Yeah, like... Yeah, but if Montreal's, they would be the next one. But so you grew up in tr- near Toronto. No, so. I grew up in Cleveland. Well, Cleveland. But Cleveland's like, near Toronto. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but uh, your your Canadian portion. But I think um, I'm more like, I Rocket Richard. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's the king. Twenty six um, cups. And uh, I have a picture of him drinking champagne in my bathroom. Not to brag. But I he was drinking champagne in, in your bathroom, bathroom. <laughs> or, it's, or the photo I didn't, I didn't of him I didn't realize how it sounded. <laughs> like, Ross, no, I guess it impressive. was in, in I didn't uh, know. the forum the forum locker room. But I'll tell you, this isn't really a mental fact, but my, I Iggy Pop used to live in my apartment. Oh, no, really? Yeah, a little bit well, of history of my apartment. Iggy. Yeah, me too. One of the nicest guys ever. I've never met him, but he said in an interview that he doesn't like people from Ohio, and it messed with my head. <laughs> wow. How did that even come out? I don't know, because he's from Detroit. I actually, like, I think it was 2010, I went to Sonosphere at Nebworth, and it was, uh, my whole life, I'd always wanted to go to, like, a big outdoor metal hard rock, you know, like, you always, cause you of course. always go to, like, Donington or whatever. Absolutely, they are amazing. And, um... So I went by myself because I was supposed to go with this uh, this girl I knew, but then I was like, that seems like I'll have a much better time by myself. So I went by <laughs> yeah, myself. Yeah, don't have to worry. Yeah, and um, I mean, it was Slayer, Alice in Chains, The Cult, um, Iron Maiden, and Stooges, and then like a bunch of bands I won't name uh, because I don't consider them metal. Um, and uh, I thought, well, there's no way the Stooges can come out and and just destroy this place. Everyone in the band is in their 60s, except for Mike Watt, who was on bass. And James Williamson had just come, you know, so it was like the raw power kind of lineup. And they just came out and, like, no, yeah. kicked so much ass. I could not believe it. It blew my mind. He, he's... He's one, yeah, there he's still amazing. And one of the nicest guys. He lives in in Miami, yeah, but not Florida. Uh, we used to do a bunch of records down there <clears throat> with Six Feet Under at uh, Hit Factory Criteria, which is mm-hmm. a legendary studio that they did. You know all the Eagles stuff with Mac, uh, uh, Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, and now it's a hip hop place. Unfortunately, but my buddy runs it. So we were in there and he was <clears throat> Iggy had just I guess he had just moved down there he was checking out studios to do stuff and he, he came in and they were like um, <clears throat> our buddy Trevor said uh, Iggy Pops here do you mind if I show him the room while you guys are in here we're like no are you kidding me of course so he came in and we talked to him for like 15-20 minutes the nicest guy he came back again later and like said you know hey how's everything going everything good he ended up actually doing a, a spoken word part on, on one of the Six Feet Under records 
later oh, wow. on. We asked him to do it. That's cool. But I had an experience with him earlier, real quick, where we did a soundtrack for Fre- the worst Freddy's Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Dead, which is like the worst of all the Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's the only one that's not available on DVD. Oh, and wow. we did the soundtrack. When we did the soundtrack, it was a bunch of Metal Blade stuff. And at the time, we were working with the Google Dolls, so they did a song. And then we had Iggy Pop did an original oh, yeah, song. You guys did, uh, uh, I know which record, the one. Uh What's the one? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your story. No, no, no. The the name of the movie? No, that you did the you did the one uh, Goo Goo Dolls record. Oh, boy named Goo. The big. Well, we did all the early stuff. Well, you did. Yeah, you did them when they were a good. When band. they were cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you did them before they became the worst band of all time. That's all right, though. We, we, I'm, we, I we did, we did all right. Yeah, yeah no, was, you 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 put out good. They're Goo good. Goo Dolls records. You're the only guy that can say that. But <laughs> that's very true. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, so Iggy, we had to pay Iggy Pop, you know, I think $15,000 something to record and do, do the song. He didn't cash the check for like two years. So all of a sudden, out didn't of the blue. did void after 90 days? Well, that's the thing is he went in to try to cash it. And so the bank, the bank had to call us and go like, yeah, we have, uh, Iggy Pop is here trying to cash this check that's like two years old. Could, can we cash it? We're like, sure. So but, wait, I have a question. Wow. The check's made out to Iggy Pop? Uh, I th- I can't. I was. It was either. It was either at made out to him or whatever, like Iggy Pop Inc. or whatever. No, I can is. only imagine the bank teller being like, "Hold on a minute, Mister Pop. I need to look into this." <laughs> yeah, I forget. I, I can't think of his real name. It's like Bob something. I forget what it is too. But it, it, I think the check was like made out to some 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 sort of entity that had his name. One of his holdings. So. Yes. Iggy yeah. Pop. Iggy Pop Inc. or LLC wow. or whatever. It was, <laughs> Speaking of, uh, would that be the same studio that Cannibal Corpse did stuff? No, Cannibal never did. They didn't do anything in Miami. They did oh, everything they, yeah. in Tampa. That's right. That's uh, Morris Sound, which was the famous studio. That um, that was all the early death metal albums, right? Came yep. out of that studio. Yeah, Morris Sound did everybody: Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, uh, uh, Deicide, Morbid Angel. Everything came came out of that studio. And same. And they engineer. did a couple of death albums, or no? Yep, Death was there as well. Everything now it's owned by uh, Trans Siberian Orchestra. They bought it to record Whoa. all their stuff there. <clears throat> Do they rent it out, no or is comment. it just theirs? Uh, they will rent it out on occasion, but generally but it's not a business anymore for them. It's no, not. it's a private studio that it's basically they because we were trying to record something there once, uh, and it was actually Jim, a part of our Jim Brewer thing, and we went there. And they said no, it's TSOs, and they don't. Very rarely do they let anybody else come in and do something there. That uh, you put out that the Cannibal Corpse documentary, right? Yep. Or am I getting that wrong? No, yeah, we did everything. That's great. Well, yeah, cool. it's the longest band documentary I've ever seen, and it never got boring to me. It's like three hours long. Right? I know that was the whole key when we were trying to cut it down. Was like it's hard to cut it down. I go, just leave it up there. I mean, people can watch it, was it or not. Great. Watch it. I mean, it took me a few sittings, but never, I never got tired of it. That's good. It I needed an intermission. Yeah, needed. I needed to stretch out over two it, nights. It's it's a but, mini uh, series of like yeah, three or four nights. Yeah, that's good stuff. Long. I like what's the the uh, you see Chris Barnes like the, when he's sort of a young strapping fellow. Yep, yep. And then uh, yeah, it's it has it all. He's a he's a huge hockey fan. I was gonna say another hockey guy yeah. right there. Huge hockey fan. Although, and he's in Seattle now, so he's kind of stuck up there without a team. So he although I, I'm not sure. He kind of ruined his hockey credibility a little bit. 
when I said, hey, I got to come up and see a game with you, he's like, oh, I don't really, I don't really want to go to Vancouver. I don't like crossing the border. I go, no, there's the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's like, there's a hockey team here? I go, oh. Junior. I thought you were going to say, well, because when he said he'd done the hockey fan, too. Yeah, the drummer plays hockey. We had had him on our podcast a few months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, he plays hockey. He plays hockey with a bunch of NHL guys, former NHL guys. All the old Tampa Bay guys, Vinny Prospel and all those guys. That would be cool. Chris Dingman. I don't know. That's the one hole I feel in my social life. I don't know any NHL players, and I've never, like, tried, actively tried to just, like, suck up or... Like befriend anyone and like it's, but. it's hard. To, it's well. First of all, there's a lot of guys who are into metal. Number one, uh-huh. hence the whole podcast that we do yeah. is all based on that. But it's really weird in New York. Like the Rangers, like they have a, they have this like cone of silence around them where you can't get near any of those guys. Like we've had Dan Boyle on, and I know Dan Boyle really well. And when he moved here, he changed all his numbers. And I, I went to Sean. I said, Hey, can, do you think you could ask the Rangers to get me in touch with him? Like, they're not gonna do nothing. So I gotta go what through the faith. No, I had to go through the faith no more guys to get his information. Oh. And get them. I met uh, Sean Avery. Like, oh yeah, uh, he was in the. I think he was a fashion intern at the yep, time. Yep. But then some other. I can't remember the other dude that showed up, and uh, I was a little drunk, and I thought like I'm gonna be friends with these guys, <laughs> and uh, I think they were on to me right away. Like that, <laughs> like this guy's trying to be friends with us because we're pro <laughs> hockey players. Like, well, New York is weird because I've had friends that play for other teams, and I've been in New York, and they they don't really let the let the players out. They usually stay somewhere outside of New York City, and it's, yeah, it's it, weird. It it's a weird on, vibe here. It depends on the team. Like uh, the the Panthers are here right now, mm-hmm. and they're here for like four days. They got in today, and they'll play on the island. Well, not on the island anymore. They'll play in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn tomorrow. tomorrow. I'm still breaking my habits, and then they play in Jersey on Thursday. Um, but I think they're staying here, or maybe they might be staying across the river in Jersey. But I, I do know that Justin Foley, who's the drummer for Killswitch Engage, who's now living in South Florida, is a massive Florida Panthers fan. So much so that he flew to New York just to see the Panthers play this week. Oh, wow. Really? That's serious. That's that's a, that's pretty intense. This seem. I feel like this. Would, I could see the players not really like going because it's too dangerous. It's like a Disneyland for well, getting hammered and yeah, yeah, exactly. Even, the, great. even well, the Rangers <laughs> don't really ever hang out. In, well, the Rangers. The most of the Rangers don't live here. They exactly. All live up, they all live up in uh, Westchester. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, it's always been amazing. Like everybody's like. You know, why would you ever want to play for the Devils, like, from the outside, you know? But, like, I, I covered that team since when they were good in 95, 94, 95. And they've had a lot of guys come in late in the year, trade guys that have come in from other teams. Joe Newendike came in, a couple other guys. We used to go out after the game to the same place the players went, and they would sit there and nobody would bother them. Like... A, most of the people didn't know who they were. Well, that's were. in the 90s. So yeah, it's... but still, like, you can go out in a lot of places here and people don't know who... That's true. It is New York City. ...who the yeah. guys are. Like, hockey players don't have that same profile as other players might just because they they always have helmets on and they move so fast. There's not a lot of time where you're focusing on a guy's face. So unless you're, like, you know, a Marc Messier or something like that, very iconic. I did can, meet him once. You can go a lot of places and nobody knows who you are. They just, wow, look at that guy. He's in shape and, you know, he's got a nice suit on. He might, maybe he's like a 
stockbroker or something, except the scars and the teeth and everything else generally <laughs> yeah. give it away. He's a stockbroker that fights MMA in his spare time. Where Where did you meet Mark Messier? I met him that uh, the year of the cup. Well, 94? 94. I met him, uh, I actually met him twice now that I'm thinking of it. I met him when, I, when he was playing for Edmund. I was a little kid. My dad took me to Pittsburgh. I met him, Yari Curry, and kind of met Wayne Gretzky, got Wayne Gretzky's autograph, and uh, Paul Coffey also. Wow. And I had a program that they all signed. Fast forward, I was uh, just a pretty young thing. My first band was signed to Priority Records, and Brian Turner... I know Brian very well. Big hockey fan. Huge. Not a big Dave Hill fan. Oh, that's because Well, because I was at this party, you know, I was like really young and wasted uh, at this party that was all hip-hop guys and my band and Mark Messier, and I was just being an idiot. But then, and Mark Messier walked in, and I was like, what? And, uh... And uh, but I, he did sign me like uh, signed something I can't remember. Anyway, not the best story, yeah. but uh, <laughs> Brian, Brian's a good guy though. I've I've known him forever. He's he's really good friends with Wayne Gretzky, so I got to meet Wayne several times oh. through Brian Turner back when he played in the fourth. But the night that he took the points all time points title, Brian's like, "Hey, you want to come down and say how to win?" I'm like, "We're gonna go down there not tonight." He's like, "Yeah, it's come on down. It's no big deal." Wow. But that was, you know, in L.A. Even back then, nobody knew who Wayne Gretzky was, even in L.A. Oh, point. yeah. I met Brian Trottier once. He used to live down the street from uh, my cousins in Manhasset on Long Island. Oh, wow. We went down and stood in his driveway <laughs> until he came outside. Was we he were, nice? He was a delight, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I was, you know, young and and slightly stupider. Oh, I thought this was like last week. It was yeah. a week or two ago. <laughs> I would do it again. I'd stand, you know, in the street, just, you know, because I'm a grown man. You, you understand boundaries now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, how did, so you met all those guys in Ed, uh, the Oilers in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. How did that happen? How did that come about? We, I was living in Cleveland. I was playing youth hockey and uh, there was no Cleveland team. And so my dad, took me and uh, my best friend uh, drove us to uh, how'd you meet the players oh how did that come about oh yeah we uh, just like stood outside that we saw like all these people sort of milling about at the civic arena and um, yeah they were all coming in and it was it was like pretty like again like you were saying like people were not like going nuts for Anybody until Wayne Gretzky showed up, and then it was like Streisand showed up or something. Whatever, <laughs> I don't know. I said why well, I picked Barbara Streisand, but people went. <laughs> it would have been somebody at, super famous. It would would have been at the peak of like holy shit, you know, when he was like everywhere. I mean, he was throughout his career, but like when he was on the cover of every sports magazine and all that. So people, and I remember he had the perm, and everyone's like, why not? And he. uh he was very nice, or you know, and but he was just like saying, like, please don't stop me, please, just kind of quietly, like, let me keep walking and signing, because it was like one of those things where it was like Beatlemania. But so do you still have the program? This is where it gets sadder. <laughs> oh. uh, of all the sad things I've told you, I had a a dresser drawer. I feel like this is a confessional as well as a podcast. <laughs> 
I had That's a, it goes. I had a dress. My top right dresser drawer in my room was reserved for that program and a program from one of the years the Islanders won the cup that my uh, my cousins had gotten me and had Brian try to sign it and uh, had that and just like other memorabilia and like shit that I had made when Gretzky I remember I made like on like like, a, like craft paper or whatever like an art from when Gretzky what was it 150 goals in 39 games yep, yep. I remember I had an article and like drew like all this like Wayne Gretzky 50, like just shit that I would make because you know in Cleveland you had to just you had to make it yourself yeah there was no we didn't have like it was NHL DIY yeah DIY <laughs> NHL <laughs> memorabilia that I would make for me. and I had this all in a drawer and like I swear it had magic powers like I'd go to play my youth hockey games and I would and this is I'm numbing this up I would look at it and just kind of absorbed what I believed to be the magic in this drawer. And then one day, uh, my sisters and my mom cleaned, I don't know if I was in college by this time, but they cleaned my bedroom and threw it out. <clears throat> That's Go why on. hockey cards are so, or any sort of sports cars are so valuable, because everybody's mother does the same thing. They just, well, all this crap, and they just throw it all out. So Yeah, and then one, one day, oh, you know. That's terrible. My mom forgot that detail of the story and just was like, whatever happened? Like, that stuff must be really valuable. Yeah, like, well, probably to someone, but it's... Uh, probably the lead. guy that picked it out of the lid. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now yeah, sold it on eBay for, you know, $1,000 or something. Yeah, so... So you've also, sad. amongst all these other talents you had on, on a brighter note here, you've also written a book... I have uh, one, yeah. That, ...that has a very provocative name. Oh, it, yeah, Tasteful Nudes. And there's, there's, a, story, there's a story about hockey in there, <clears throat> and, my, and it's, my hockey and, career. And it's not a photo book of Tasteful Nudes, is no, it? No, that's coming eventually. Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, like, if, be you, part two. if you do a Google search of Tasteful Nudes and leave out my name, most of it will be uh, the photos you're after. Yes. Uh, like, actually, more than, none of them are Tasteful Nudes. I was going to say, I think Far, it's... It's mis-advertising. Uh, yeah, and then like one out of, you know, one out of every 20 or so is my book cover. But yeah, that came out three years ago, and I have a new book coming out in May. So what was Tasteful Nudes about? It was mostly stories of uh, how I became <laughs> a collection of theoretically humorous essays. <laughs> Theoretically, uh, well, I wouldn't. I'm never going to say they're humorous. They're humorous. It's a humor book. Yeah, but I'll leave it up to the reader to decide whether Fair they're enough. humorous. I th I thought they were. I mean, people seem. It was very uh, well received, and I have a new one uh, that's called. At the moment, it's called Dave Hill doesn't live here anymore, and I think that'll stick as the title. When's that going to come out? May 10th. Oh, oh. Blue Rider Press. It's a Penguin imprint. Very nice. And then. Uh, did anybody buy Tasteful Nudes thinking it was something that they Did you get any title? That's the whole did, were there angry net letters? No, the only people that were people angry, returning it like crazy. My oh, dad returns for some My reason. dad and my sister were the only angry people that I was aware of. They did like were really uncomfortable with the title because they were like, "Well, can't bring that to church or whatever." So. Uh, and he can't go, hey, my brother wrote a book. What's the name of the book? Yeah, they were uh, both really uncomfortable with it. I feel like this one will be... This will be but I'm going to... I'm gonna, Then I'm going to... Whatever the cover ends up being is going to be 
really upsetting to them. I'm <clears> it's <throat> going to be like a the burning pentagram on Phil and Sonos. There you go. Or Perfect. Something. Now you said there's a hockey story in the book as well. The, the there is. Book that's the, out. There's just you know my rise and fall in tasteful news. Just talks about you know my Canadian grand because we were like the beginning of my. I was the same thing, like, thrown on the ice at two and a half, just like Wayne Gretzky. Everything was headed in the right direction. But uh, then the problem was I was in Cleveland when it happened. Mm -hmm. So I learned to skate, at, you know, as before I can even remember. And then, but I didn't start playing, like, organized hockey till I was 11, by which point I was already like, well, it's too late, because I know the biographies of all my heroes, and they played six months after they got thrown on the ice. Mm -hmm. And I, it really, it was just like, oh, I was so upset by it. I was like, I'm, I'm out of the game before, uh, before I'm start. in the game. But I did play, I played, I made the varsity my freshman year in high school. One of three freshmen, the rest were uh, upperclassmen. So I played varsity off, and then I played, I went to Fordham and I played two years, well, I played two two games into the sec my sophomore year there, but that's when I realized, going back to the medal, all my friends were, we were out playing in jerseys some other college, and uh, all my friends were at the Faith No More show, and I thought, I'd much rather be seeing Faith No More mm, right yep, now, yep. and that's when I knew it was time to, I'm like, still a lover of the game, don't give a shit about whether we beat Hofstra. Or whoever we're playing. Exactly. So I, that, I, I, I turned in my uh, jersey. That's a very common, especially metal guys that played hockey all up through high school. Kind of, you get to that that point where it's like, well, I got to do one or the other, and yeah, a lot of them obviously go just, the, uh, the metal route. I did start playing in uh, some leagues again, though, like that was a few years later, and then, uh, but this and this. Uh, my mother, you know, she because she was like she would go ice skating like the organ the do 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 sessions like, and I would go with her all the time like, uh, just because I wanted you know, so our time together. Sometimes she'd buy me dinner beforehand, like up until she died. We did not you know until she got love before that. But anyway, so she met this guy skating. He's like he runs the league, the old men's league down at the at the rink. So she got me in the league. And uh, I'm a very peaceful guy, but on the ice, if you wrong me, you will lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, my rule would always be, like, if someone did something that would make it for me to hard to get out of bed the next day, I'm going to take them out. So if you're playing the puck, do whatever. But if you were, like, cheap-shotting me when I'm not playing the puck, like, I would, I would beat you up. And the good thing is about pickup or, like, you know, these adult leagues, it's, like, guys like me who grew up playing... And then it's, like, guys who are like, oh, I'm finally an adult, and I can go buy pads and play. And those are the guys that do the cheap shots, and you can take them out with one or two punches because they <laughs> suck at skating, you know? So this guy, like, and he would have been, like, at the time, like, 20 years older than me easily. He, uh, and I, did, I had my same helmet from, like, high school or whatever, and it was the mask was just barely hanging on, and, uh, we got into it, and, like, the refs grabbed us, and everyone's grabbing us, and they're holding my arms back. My, my mask came off, and the guy got a shot, like, hit me right in the face. 
and I waited till it broke up and everything, and, and everyone thought it was over, and I skated back around, and I went, bam! <laughs> and I just nailed him, and I got ki- I got suspended. Oh, yeah. For, but we were, the playoffs were coming. I ended up being effectively kicked out for the rest of the season. And then my mom, a few months go by, and my mom's like, I ran into Paul. That was the guy who got me leash. She's like, I ran into Paul down uh, at the rink the other day. I'm like, oh, how's he doing? It's like, uh, said you got into a little trouble and I was like oh man and uh, it's like what did he say he said said you beat someone up down at the rink and I'm like yeah and I'm like you mad at me and she said no like you've always been such a sweet boy I figure if you beat someone up they had it coming (laughs) (laughs) well that's the way it is you used it as your defense yeah exactly (laughs) but that's the way it is always the like the most quiet nice guys off the ice are the ones pummeling people on yeah. the ice. Like I've met so many of all the enforcer guys that have been friends with, you know, George Peros now and Ken Baumgartner back in the day, the nicest guys in the world off the ice. But some, some get him put him skates on, throw him on the ice, gotta, whole different scenario. You gotta do what you gotta do. It's That's a different right. world out there. All right, so let's get all this stuff out of the way here. So your uh, Twitter handle is Mr. Dave Hill, M M R Dave Hill. M R Dave Hill. Same for Instagram. Instagram, uh, website. DaveHillOnline.com. Dave Hill. Uh, any other uh, Facebook? Dave. There's probably yeah, a thousand. Yeah, there's. Hills, a, I mean, there's a fan page of some form. There is, but uh, Facebook, I'm not the best at. Is but there, there, there's a show. There's a page for my radio show, the Goddamn Dave Hill Show. Yep, on I was going to ask you about that. So, which is also on iTunes and it, it's on the radio here in town and WFMU.org. So when is your radio show? Mondays from nine to midnight, and. Um, and people can listen on iTunes? iTunes, or they can stream on the WFMU app or on the, the website, or if you're in New York and New Jersey, you can hear it. And I play metal every show. It's mostly talk and phone calls, but sometimes the phone calls are, like I think Mike from I Hate God's calling in tonight, hopefully. Cool. And uh, still no Danzig phone call, though I'm working on it. Good luck. After, after your latest, the other thing that you do that I... I in doing some research for the show that I stumbled across are your music reviews on, uh, what is it, the music talk box? Or oh, Talk House. Talk yeah. House. After your glowing review of the Danzig, of Danzig album, he should call you, right? Yeah, well, I did get, I reviewed his Skeletons, his covers album, and I gave it a very positive review. I went pretty easy on, uh, on Tommy Victor's guitar tone, which... I'm not going to hold back now, though. Is that all right? Feel free. Danzig has to get that guy in line, because uh, his guitar tone, it sounds like a 15-year-old was like sent to Guitar Center with 500 bucks and told to go to town. He's got to get that guy sorted out. Dan, you know, Glenn is a, is a very uniquely interesting individual. Uh, I can tell you stories not on, on, the, on this uh, <laughs> podcast here about him. But uh, you know that, that's it's a complicated thing you got going on over there. So it, seems it may it not. I'm just like saying it. it may not be Tommy's fault. Completely. Okay, so it might be Glenn's fault. My, no, I'm not saying but it's Glenn's fault. That was fault. my only beef with the album. Is uh, but it is Glenn's record, and trust me, anything that goes on that record, Glenn is highly uh, involved with. Yeah, and and as I said in the review, that's that's just my personal. I'm more like I like the John Christ guitar tone. That well, was yeah. like pretty. Well, you're like an. Like it's hard. It, that's a that's a high bar to have, though. Yeah, but I think you know, play save the game, 
leave leave some gain for yourself for when yeah, it comes yeah. time to solo. That's that's just how you do it in my book. But uh, so that's just my opinion. But so, anyway, I I did meet Glenn, uh, and he was a delight. Yes. Every time I met him, he's been super nice. Yeah, super nice. But the reviews are, are fantastic. Oh, they're thank you. They're a little you. lighthearted, but there's some music in them. Yeah, they're not. They're not. It's not. It's not your typical Rolling Stone review. It's it's a Dave Hill review. Well, yeah, there you it's go. Not a highbrow music journalism. That's, but, but yeah, that's fun though. I reviewed. Uh, where where what's the website again? TheTalkHouse.com. TheTalkHouse.com. It's Michael. You know Michael Azarad. The he's like a. Famous music writer. He wrote "Our Band Could Be Your Life," which is yeah, a great yeah. punk rock book. But um, yeah, I wrote about the uh, the High on Fire, the most recent one. Good wrote about that. I've written about the last ACDC record. Wrote about Blue Oyster Cult. I think "Burning for You" as the greatest summer jam of all time. Yep, with one of the with one of the greatest lines in the history of of rock music. Which one? The B sides. Oh yeah, what a mind blower that is! <laughs> that song, I use that as an example. I mean, even like Blue Oyster Cult fan would maybe be like, "Well, that's like their lesser work." But oh no, 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 that no, song no, no. is perfect. It, it gets, it does everything you want. Music, it's like catchy. It has bombast. It's uh, the yeah, time it's to play phenomenal. B side, sweet solos. I, look, I'm a huge Blue Oyster Cult fan, and Fire of Unknown Origin, which is where that song comes from, is in my. T- it's it, arguably the best Blue Oyster Cult album ever. I mean, and what a title that is! Well, yeah, exactly. Fire well, that whole Kidman. record is phenomenal, and yeah, you know, just I, I could go on and on about that record. It's so amazing. One of the greatest. The, the production quality is amazing. When I worked at the yeah. record store. I was because the owner didn't like me to play metal, so I couldn't really play Maiden and all the stuff that I was selling tons of. But they always let me play that record because it was heavy enough, but not so heavy that customers that came in for other things aside from metal didn't run out screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't play. Uh, well, Portal didn't exist then. Yeah, I couldn't do that. But uh, so you have it. So where else can people? So you got the book. You can still buy obviously on Amazon and yeah, anywhere the book, else. Uh, and then the new book coming out in New May. book coming out in May. I'm doing a pilot right now, which I guess I hasn't been announced, so I can't talk about it. But I'm a, in my. I'm the no, the, you, you don't say anything about pilots until they get picked up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Pilots are dime a dozen. Everybody's doing pilots. Exactly. I'm doing pilots. Exactly. Until they get but picked up, they don't let me. I'll be at San Francisco Sketch Fest January 14th and 15th. As you say, upcoming gigs. Yeah, that's it. that's one. Where else? I'm doing the Sasquatch Festival. I'll be. I'm doing you. I think two UK tours in like February, and then I think again. In so when people March, come to maybe. see you live, what can they expect to see? I'll I'll do a, a, a some of my humor jokes, <laughs> and then humor uh, jokes. But I'll play. I'll I usually do uh, play some hot licks, do some shredding. Uh, to the best of my abilities, I've been doing more and more of that at the shows to kind of. Uh, it, I have to talk less when when you play guitar solos. You can you can make what was ten minutes a joke is is twenty minutes because you're like <laughs> you play solos in between and then, and so it's really it's it's really made my career a lot easier. So I think we've got everything in the Dave Hill Empire now. Do we miss missing anything? Oh, I, yeah, I have an album out, a comedy album that came out June in June. On the special thing records, it's called "Let Me Turn You On," and that would be a good place to start. To start, perfect. That you get you get that, 
and tasteful nudes, and you've got yourself a, a weekend with Dave Hill. Perfect. Oh, and obviously that is the, a weekend. <laughs> that yeah. is a weekend. Yeah, it's a flight to New York and L.A. and back. Well, you'll see. You can see Dave at any metal show in the That's New York right. City yeah, area. It's a good metal show. I'll be there. <clears> go grab like a, his book. A fake metal show. I yes, will not be there. The, we know the good. <laughs> our <laughs> listeners know the good stuff. Yeah, they I'm, know not gonna, they, I'm not going to tell you which is which. Pick up the book. Pick up the album. Get all that good stuff. Thanks again for doing this, man. We thank really appreciate you. it. Thank you for blast. promoting all those things and allowing of me to ramble. Uh, and put it's fun. My bullshit. It was awesome. Thanks. We'll have to <laughs> do it again for sure. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next month. <laughs>